It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You'll remember that a few weeks back, we covered the embarrassing saga of how serial plagiarist Ashley Flowers worked out a deal with Indiana State Police Investigator Bill Dalton to get the exclusive right to access and make money off of the Burgershoff investigative files which Dalton had been entrusted with. If you want more information on that sorry affair, please listen to You Never Can Forget, The Fiasco. Since then, many of our listeners have commented to us that they remain puzzled and intrigued by the exact nature of the Flowers-Dalton relationship. We share that interest and remain committed to getting more information about it by making public records requests of the Indiana State Police. As we mentioned in our earlier episode, the ISP has employed a most curious strategy 
in handling our request for documents and emails relating to the Bill Dalton Ashley Flowers Collaborative Podcast. Basically, instead of giving us everything we requested at once, they have decided to give us only a few things at a time and to deliver those items months apart. Their thinking, we presume, is that we will become so frustrated and annoyed that we will finally get fed up and just go away. But that will not happen. Their strategy, then, only means that instead of getting everything out in the open in one fell swoop, potentially embarrassing or even downright damaging material will instead be released drip, 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 resulting in a steady flow of bonus episodes such as this one. My name is Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we're The Murder Sheet, a weekly true crime podcast. We're continuing the multi-part look into the Burger Chef murders we began last year. Each week, we will be presenting you with new information and context about what happened as part of our mini-series, You Never Can Forget. We don't just rely on what we've been told or what we've read. We have worked this case ourselves. We decided to do this podcast so we can tell you what we've learned and even clear up a few misconceptions. We're the murder sheet. And this is You Never Can Forget, the emails. tailor our requests broadly, the ISP only sends us a handful of emails at a time. Again, this is a curious strategy. Some of the emails we received in this latest batch raise serious and deeply troubling questions about the nature of the Dalton Flowers relationship. Others just reveal the basic immaturity and unprofessionalism of the duo, as well as Dalton's lack of understanding of basic law. Let's start with the latter two topics. Several of the emails were from a thread which mostly consisted of a back and forth between Dalton and a man named Chris Davis. Back in April of 2019, when these emails were written, Chris Davis was preparing to launch the 3C podcast, the first season of which would focus on the Burger Chef case. He was contacting Dalton to inform him of that fact, and to see if Dalton would offer him any cooperation. As we have said on numerous occasions, we have had some serious differences with Davis. But, in his emails with Dalton, Davis's tone was professional. He said reasonable things and wrote in complete sentences using real words. The same could not always be said of Bill Dalton. Here are some excerpts from Dalton's first reply to Davis. Kevin will read them just as Dalton wrote them. I agree, podcasts are a great media to reach people all over the world, 
where local media's reach is limited. It was not mentioned during the press conference, but I am working with a podcaster already to get the information out. This took a tremendous amount of work and approvals to get this done, because we in law enforcement don't allow information out easily because of the harm it could do to an investigation. However, because of the circumstances and the age of this case, we were able to work with a podcaster to get the story out. We would like to break in here for a moment to note that, in their filing in their case with the public access counselor, the Indiana State Police indicated they did not know the full extent of Dalton's cooperation with Flowers. But here, Dalton is actually saying that he worked very hard to get approvals for that cooperation. Perhaps they should get their stories straight. Let's get back to Dalton. I would also like to note to you both one of the reasons we chose this podcaster, we because they were not an investigative podcaster. I listen to many different podcasts and have heard the success of some podcast investigators. However, they can be detrimental to an actual investigation. Let me give you a factuous example of what could happen. We don't know what the word factious means in this context or what Dalton thought it meant. Technically, it means relating or inclined to a state of faction, according to Oxford languages. Let's say you or we develop an suspect or even a witness. If you try to speak with them for the interview, they would become aware they are being looked at and may never provide a statement to law enforcement thereafter. Then, there is the possibility if you are working with law enforcement and find a physical piece of evidence and turn it over to law enforcement, then you are brought into the chain of custody of that item. If you obtain the evidence in such a manner that I would have had to get a search warrant, then it could be thrown out of court. That's called the Silver Platter Doctrine. Keep in mind, podcaster will never report an incident where they screwed up an investigation because they overstepped their grounds. This is even more confusing than the word factious. To make it simple, let's go to yourdictionary.com for a definition of Silver Platter Doctrine. It was a doctrine that a federal court could introduce illegally or improperly state-seized evidence as long as federal officers had played no role in obtaining it. The doctrine was declared unconstitutional in 1960 in the case Elkins versus the United States. So, in short, the Silver Platter Doctrine did not mean what Dalton said it did. And in any case, the doctrine has been invalidated for over 60 years. Here's more from Dalton. I do not mean to rain on your parade at all. I truly do wish you both the best. But I wanted you to know law enforcement isn't just hoarders of information and hate the media. Davis sent back a short note expressing his appreciation of Dalton's reply. And then Dalton wrote back again. I would be happy to answer the questions I can for you. Please understand, I may not be able to answer some of your questions at this time. But over time, and if the investigation develops... I may be able to answer them differently. Davis took Dalton at his word and sent him an email with around 20 questions related to the case. Dalton, rather inexplicably, forwarded the whole email thread to his podcast collaborator, Ashley Flowers. She sent it back to Dalton, commenting, I only rolled my eyes like 10, 11 times tops. LOL. You have a lot more patience than I do. Dalton replied to Flowers, writing, Yeah, I'm not answering most of their questions. A lot of this information is out there already. 
they can do their legwork. This is, of course, amazingly unprofessional. In my day job, I cover retail news. I can't imagine a PR person from, say, Walmart sending a note from me to another reporter so the two of them could mock me. It's simply not how mature professionals behave. Since this exchange mentioned Chris Davis, we reached out to him to see if he wished to make a reply. He sent us a statement, which we are presenting exactly as he provided it to us. So Anya and Kevin, uh, we have had some disagreements on how the telling of this story and even the discovery of new information should proceed. But I found your recent episode about potentially unlawful and definitely unadvisable gatekeeping by ISP and First Sergeant Bill Dalton quite compelling and still concerning. And recent emails you shared with me that show Sergeant Dalton discussing me and my earlier efforts in depth with Ashley Flowers before I even became a public figure back in early 2019 really displayed to me a pettiness from a public official that certainly deserves uh, more scrutiny and a response. When I first started investigating and analyzing the story around the Burger Chef murders, I never anticipated it being a pointed critique of any individual investigator or department. In fact, hindsight being 2020, I think several investigators who touched this case made considerable mistakes, and more than one had delusions of grandeur when it came to potentially solving the case. However, I, I think it serves little purpose to point out individual mistakes from decades past. The actions and attitudes of Sergeant Dalton stuck out to me and deserved more scrutiny for two big reasons that didn't exist with any of the other investigators, the most important of which had nothing to do with the Burger Chef murders. First, in regards to this case, his private communication is in stark contrast to a man who stepped to a podium to be the face of this case in November of 2018 and spoke of his expected reliance on the latest technology. He has privately, and to some degree in the Red Ball podcast, conveyed a lack of understanding of how DNA testing works and the technology at his disposal today. Also, in a day and age where social media notoriety, coupled with law enforcement teaming with local and national media, were able to accomplish what they accomplished in the recent Gabby Petito murder case in just a month's time, Sergeant Dalton refuses to learn how to appropriately use media to his advantage. Instead, he shared with me that he is likely to just cut off all sharing of information after his experience of being punished for his ignorantly selective sharing of information in this case, instead of taking the time to learn to do it properly. The second and most important reason I find Sergeant Dalton's actions so egregious is that this man is in charge of the investigations at the most powerful police agency in the state that my family and I live in, at the time we live here, and at a time we're seeing a rise in violent crime. And that's scary as hell, to be honest. If something were to happen to me or any member of my family, I would have zero faith that he would be capable of leading a fruitful investigation were his team at ISP to be involved. We, as a state, deserve much better than a glorified event planner in this position. I had a face-to-face -face meeting with Sergeant Dalton a little over a year ago, and much to Kevin's chagrin, I plan to keep the majority of that conversation to myself. But there was one thing that really stuck out to me that is worth sharing, so people can understand why this discussion is currently important. When I explained to Sergeant Dalton that my fight to obtain records in this case was as much about members of our local trusted media getting the same bite at the apple that Ashley Flowers got as it was as, as, at me getting a look at the files, Sergeant Dalton responded that he didn't trust members of local media and that he feared they could just be seeking to make a name for themselves. 
while anyone who uses the information in those files to bring someone to justice in this case is going to rightfully achieve some level of notoriety at this point, it's hard not to include Sergeant Dalton's name on that list of unscrupulous fame seekers. Ashley Flowers admitted in a magazine interview that the Red Ball podcast was intended to be a stepping stone to Hollywood for her, and Sergeant Dalton had no problem potentially giving her star a boost. Local media outlets like WTHR, The Indie Star, WIBC Radio, however, are the outlets this info needs to be going out to. But Sergeant Dalton has still failed to enlist their help, and we can only speculate on all the potential reasons he chose Ashley Flowers and the Red Ball podcast over trusted sources with targeted audiences. Even if we are to take his words at face value, that he chose Red Ball simply because of the size of Ashley's audience, it displays his great ineptitude in what it's going to take to solve this case. I truly believe there are people at ISP, at IMPD, in the Speedway Police Department, and in the Johnson County Sheriff's Department fully capable of getting answers in this case today. But as long as Bill Dalton is the keeper of the keys to the information, none of them will get anywhere. We don't need crime scene photos splashed all over the front page of the paper or on the evening news, but giving reputable journalists, and we have some great crime journalists in the local TV news here in Indianapolis, access to the knowledge that ISP has will undoubtedly lead to closure in this case if Sergeant Dalton has the guts and humility to do it. As a side note, we have mentioned that we have had serious differences with Davis, and you heard him mention just now that he had differences with us as well. This is all quite true. We are certain that there are some people out there who are shocked that we invited him on the program, and that he accepted. We stress all of this because we find it significant that Davis and ourselves, the independent outsiders who have taken the closest look at the Burdashev case, have arrived at identical conclusions about Bill Dalton. Despite all of our own personal doubts about the man's abilities and judgment, we never had any cause whatsoever to have any concerns about his basic integrity. Until that is, we reviewed the final two emails in this batch. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle, but it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roeco slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate.
Go to row.co slash msheet. That's ro.co slash msheet. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On March 6, 2019, Ashley Flowers wrote ISP Sergeant Bill Dalton about an upcoming conference that would take place in Idaho. If I can't get the crime assessment people to move in the next couple of days, I might just pay for your flight without going through them before prices get too crazy. I'll check with you before I book anything. On March 13th, 2019, Aaron Kemp, one of the organizers of this conference, wrote to Flowers that, I know you are working on travel arrangements for you and Sergeant Dalton as well. So, in short, in these emails, Ashley Flowers is offering to pay for her and ISP Sergeant Bill Dalton to take an out-of-state trip together to attend a conference. This raises a host of very disturbing issues. We immediately reached out to Ashley Flowers, Indiana State Police, and Bill Dalton via email to give them all the opportunity to address those concerns. Bill Dalton was the only one to respond to us. Here is what we wrote him. Her offering to provide you with an out-of-state flight raises troubling questions about the propriety of your relationship with Ms. Flowers and whether or not the prospect of receiving gifts from her might have influenced your decision to provide her with the exclusive right to monetize police investigative files. Before we share our reporting on this matter in our podcast, we have some questions for you. 1. Did Miss Flowers in fact pay for the out-of-state flight? 2. At any time before, during, or after the production of Red Ball, did Miss Flowers herself, or through her agents, provide you with any goods, services, cash, or gifts of any kind? If so, what were they? Did these goods, services, cash, or gifts influence your decision to offer Flowers the exclusive right to monetize the police investigative files that have been entrusted to you? Dalton sent us back a reply via email. As a state employee to attend training, I follow all the applicable rules for training and travel, as I did in this case. Ultimately, I did not attend the training in question. I follow all the ethics rules regarding state employees and have not received any inappropriate gifts. We were not sure that Dalton's answer conveyed what he wanted it to, and so we sent him a follow-up email. For clarification, I note that we asked, did Miss Flowers herself or through her agents provide you with any goods, services, cash, or gifts of any kind? 
you replied that you have not received any inappropriate gifts. That leaves open the possibility that you did indeed receive goods, services, cash, or gifts from Ms. Flowers or her agents, but that you personally did not view them as inappropriate. Do you wish to make a more definitive declaration? He wrote back, I apologize. Allow me to say it clearer for you. I have not received goods, services, cash, or gifts from Mrs. Flowers or from any agent of Mrs. Flowers. We were glad Dalton took the time to clarify his original confusing statement to us. If he had not eroded his credibility with various misstatements and evasions related to the Red Ball affair, we might be inclined to say that his strong denial of taking any goods or services or cash or gifts from Flowers should be enough to end the matter. But we cannot say that. And we note, too, that in their filing with the Public Access Counselor, the Indiana State Police itself indicated that it had not been aware of the extent of Dalton's relationship with Flowers when it came to the Red Ball affair. We believe that these emails raised the realistic possibility that the relationship between the two was improper and that Dalton may have been influenced to provide Flowers with access to the secret files in return for providing goods or services to him. We hope Dalton's denial is true, but it is far from enough. In order to safeguard the integrity of their agency, we call on the Indiana State Police to conduct a thorough investigation of the Flowers-Dalton affair and to make public the results of that inquiry. Meanwhile, we will continue to report on this and you can expect another bonus episode the next time the Indiana State Police releases another small batch of emails to us. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Murder Sheet. As always, thanks to Kevin Tyler Greenley, who composed the music for The Murder Sheet, and who you can find on the web at kevintg.com. To keep up with the latest on The Murder Sheet, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MurderSheet and on Facebook at mSheetPodcast, or by searching Murder Sheet. If you enjoy listening to The Murder Sheet, please leave us a five-star review to help us gain more exposure. And send tips, suggestions, and feedback to MurderSheet at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.